Thank you, Melissa, for uh, leading us to the table. I appreciate it. Those of the rest of you, too, that was on the team here, I pray that's something we would never take for granted. And I think if you were, like, picked up on those lyrics and really leaned into them, first we sang about a song that uh, kind of was about Lazarus, right? You know, you called my name, and I came out of that grave. I wonder how many of us are sitting here this morning, you need to come out of your grave. You're still wearing the... You're still wearing the grave clothes. You're, 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 you're still living in a, in a situation. It may not be sinful. It may not be a situation where it's like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm blatantly sinning and all this other stuff. It could be. But maybe it's not, you're not the person that God has called you to be. And it, and it kind of takes us over into this next song that we just sang. And I, and I, I hope that you guys picked up as we repeated those lyrics. God, take me. Take me to some uncharted waters. I wonder how many of us in here, God's crying out to you saying, could you please come? Could you please come? Let me take you to a place that you haven't been yet. Let me show you something that you've not seen. Let me, let me, let me take you to a place that's going to make you, that's going to, you're going to experience something that I have for you and I've had for you for a long time, but you're not, you're not grabbing a hold, man. You're not, you're not grabbing hold of my hand. Don't be comfortable. Come. I wonder how many of us can resonate with that. I mean, I'm sitting there, I'm like just really resonating with that, how God is constantly calling, come on, let's go deeper, let's go deeper, let's go deeper. And I pray that's what's happening as we continue through this series. We're going to be wrapping up this series, uh, Big Ten Values, uh, here uh, next week. And I pray that you guys have leaned into this. And I pray that you haven't just been taken at face value. Like we talk about things like don't murder. You know, it's like, okay, I got that one checked. But what does that really mean, you know? Uh, you know, the way we talk with people, the way we interact with people at times, we murder them all the time. I mean, we just murder, murder, murder at times. It's so easy to do that. Um, today we're going to talk about lying. And I wonder how many of us in here would say, yeah, I struggle with that. And some of us may, literally, just may, just say, you know what, I, really, I do struggle with telling the truth. I deceive people at times. I don't speak the truth. I don't really, you know, we would say, well, I don't really flat out lie to someone's face. But I really don't give them the whole truth. You know, that's lying, right? I mean, that's lying. And so I pray that you will look at this, and maybe that's not, maybe that's not it, but maybe it's, and we're going to look at a different, kind of a little bit in different context as well today. There's different ways that we can lie. And I think by us not coming out of the grave, by us not grabbing hold of the hand of Jesus and going deeper in our walk with Him, we're lying. We're lying to ourselves and we're lying to others. And I want you to think about that for a minute as we, as we as we kind of go through go forward, but all of these are a recipe for strong family values because that that when we live our lives, when you and I live our lives, I, we get caught up. I think sometimes in the culture's talk, the culture's babble when it says, "Well, you know, if it doesn't hurt anybody else, it's okay, right?" When does it not hurt anybody else? The way we live our lives affects other people. It affects our kids. It affects our family. How are we building? You know, are we building? Using these values and building, uh, building strong families with, upon these values. Today, again, I want to look at Deuteronomy chapter 5. If you want to turn there with me, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 20. And, um, some of these would be extremely easy to memorize, including today. And if you leave here today, I hope that you have this, you're able to memorize this verse regardless of how acute your memory is or not. Because it's basically, um, well, it says this, verse 20, do not give dishonest testimony against your neighbor. Do not give dishonest testimony 
against your neighbor. Okay? Now, those of you that, that, I don't know if I can memorize that. Okay, I'll put it down two words for you. Ready? Don't lie. There you go. Can you memorize that as you leave here? Don't lie. And again, some of us may say, well, I don't really, I don't really struggle with lying. Well, and then maybe there's another way, like we said, you know, how we live our lives may not be up to the fullest capacity, uh, which is, is really kind of lying in a sense. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. I want to share with you real quick Elements of Vision. Hopefully you guys have heard this before, and we've got, we got to talk about this more and more and more. Elements of Vision is simply this, to restore the broken one life at a time. That's it. To restore the broken one life at a time. I don't know about you, but I fall in the broken category. I'm reminded every day through other through various things that I'm still human, that I'm still broken, that I still have a ways to go, that God is still molding me, that God is still reaching out his hand, that God is still calling into my grave saying, hey, Gail, come on out, man, come on out. I want to grow you more. Gail, grab a hold of my hand. Let me take you into some of these waters that you've never been before. Gail, I want you to consider this. Gail, I want you to listen to this. Gail, I want you to hear me. Gail, I want to speak something into your life. And I want to change you. I fall in that broken. I don't know about you. I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, when I see Jesus, I think I will I be, not think. I believe that I will be unbroken. I will be whole again. But until then, I think we're going to be broken. We're human. We struggle. Our vision and element is to restore the broken one life at a time. If we don't consider ourselves broken, that's not going to happen. If you're sitting in here this morning and say, well, I'm not really broken, I would ask that you would just spend some time with God alone and allow God to converse with you. Again, I'm not, I'm not trying to heap guilt on you or make you feel horrible, but we're all broken. And this morning, I'll share with you a couple things that I, I think could, could address, you know, again, how we're broken. Uh, when we talk about not lying, we could, as I said earlier, we could say, well, I don't, I don't, I tell the truth. I don't, it's, I don't lie to people. But let me ask you this, this question. Do you ever choose to live your life not truthfully? Do you ever choose to live your life not truthfully? You say, well, what does that mean? Well, that means that there are things, the way we live our lives, things that, that, that have happened to us, the way we live our lives, we can live our lives in a way that's really not truthfully. And we can live our lives not truthfully to our family and to others and to ourselves and to God. When God is saying, hey, I want you to come out of your grave. I want to show you something else. And we say, I'm okay. I'm not broken. We're not living our lives truthfully. I'm sorry, you're not. Some of us have yet to have a big boy, big woman, girl conversation where someone can lean into us and say, you got, you got a side here that needs smoothed off. We don't like to hear that. In fact, many of us are guilty of saying this, guilty of believing this. My spiritual life is private. And we could say impersonal. Well, you're right on one occasion, it is personal. But private? Since when has it become private? You live, we live our lives out, we live our spiritual lives out on a daily basis. Some of us are not living our lives in a truthful sense. Now, there's a difference between, I, I think, living not truthfully and, and struggling. I think there's a huge difference. Because I think there's times where we're, we're broken and God comes and He says, I want, I, I, want you, I want to grow you in this area a little bit more. I, I, want you to, I want you to see something. Now, here's the thing, guys, and let me just throw this out there. I'm not coming at you from a punitive sense. I'm coming at you to say this. 
God has a life for you that you may not be experiencing right now. Because you're still in your grave. There's still sides of you that God's saying, I want you to reach out and grab my hand and let me take you into some uncharted waters. And the reason why we don't do that, the reason why we don't want to come running out of our graves at times, the reason why we don't want to grab His hand at times and go into uncharted water is down to one big word that none of us, if we've been going to church for a while, will dare to say or admit, and that is this. We don't trust God. Now you've crossed the line. Now you're telling me I don't trust God. Then let me suggest, if we truly trust the God, we'd be reaching out and saying, God, take my hand. Grow me. Show me. Show me where I need to grow. Show me through my friends. Show me through some teachings. Show me through some reading. Show me through the word of, through your word. Show me through prayer where I can become more and more and more like you. It's easier to say, well, this is just who I am. Take it, take me for what it's worth. And that's horrible. Because at that point, we're, we're living our lives in a way that's not truthful. God wants us. This isn't something in a punitive sense. This is something in a sense where God is saying, I want you to experience and encounter what I have for you. See, some of us look at it and we say, oh, dread, fear, dread. I hate this. I grit my teeth. I'm not coming back. I don't want to listen to this ever again. I hate him for bringing this up. I don't agree with him. I'm going home and I'm going to share with everybody how I don't agree with him. But yet you will not experience what God wants to do in and through your life. Let me share with you some things and just see if you might be kind of guilt, might be kind of experiencing some of these because this can kind of tell us and give us an indication that we need to, that, that, that it's time to come out of our grave. It's time to grab a hold of the hand of God and go into uncharted waters. Number one is this. We can live our lives in a sense of jealousy, revengeful, hurt, anger, hateful, or resentful state. Okay? If something has happened to us in the past, we can become very, we can become hurt and we can close our lives off to other individuals. We build up walls. We build up walls to the teaching. We build up walls to the music that we sing. We build up walls to other individuals speaking into our lives. We build up these walls and we won't let anybody in. We can become revengeful. We become hateful. We become very revengeful because what we have is it's, it's, it's on the inside and we've got to protect this. And I'm going to protect this with everything I've got. I've already been hurt once. I'm not going to trust you again. I'm not going to trust other people. I'm not going to allow you to speak into my spiritual life because it's private and it's personal. I'm not going to come running out of my grave because the last time I did that, I got hurt. And consequently, what you experience is a life that is not truthful. It's not a life that God has, this has blessed you with. It's a life that's, in all of these that I'm going to talk about, it's a life that you can manage and control, or so you think. And so that's what you experience in life. And after we live in these modes for a while, after you live in this mode for a little while, the Holy Spirit kind of becomes distant. You kind of, it's hard to really hear because you don't want to go there. And so you just kind of keep brushing off and brushing off. And after a while, you don't even realize that you're living in this way. 
But if we could sit down and have a conversation, and if you would be extremely truthful, some of us would say, I've been hurt. I've been hurt. I've got, you know, I, and, and so our decision, our nature can become revengeful at times towards other people. Right, we can become jealous easy. You know, well, that person's got this because of this. And, and we're not, we, we don't get so much happy with other people. We come, can become jealous with other people and things like that, or we become re, resentful. And so we live in this state. And that's living our lives in a lie. That's living in our lives in a lie that says, I, you know, I'm not going to allow anybody to penetrate. I'm not going to let anybody to come in because, because I've been hurt. And what happens is our families do not get the true gale. They don't get the true you. They don't get the true you. They don't get the true you. We dish off to them and we dish off to other people this false self, which is a lie. And we live our, we live our lives in a lie. The second one is this. We can live ourselves in a, in a cowardly state. If you live in a cowardly state, you're not going to take any risks, right? You're not going to take any risks You've taken risks before and you've gotten burnt. You've taken a step out, you've gotten burnt, and you're not going to take any, you're not going to take any risks whatsoever. You're not going to come out from behind the wall. You're not going to, you're not going to come out, you're not, you might not be so much hurt, but, 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 but you're afraid that, hey, if I do that again, this could happen. I've already tried that once. I've already tried to, you know, be in a small group once. It didn't really work out. I, I tried one time to be in an authentic relationship where someone could talk to me, but I don't like that. That's too scary. And so what happens is we pull back and we live our we live our lives in a cowardly state to when God reaches out to say, hey, I want to take you on water. I want to show you how to walk on water. It's like, you know what? I'm good. Why don't you try him? Why don't you try her? And sometimes we'll look at them like, wow, that's pretty cool. I wish I could do that. But I don't know if I'm going to take that chance. Because the last time I tried that, I kind of went, I started to go down. I started to go down. And I don't know if I can do that. So I'm not going to subject myself and put myself into a position where I'm going to face my true self, which I sense that I'm a coward. Another one is this, a state of insecurity. This is where we can live proud lives. Because deep, deep down, I'm the most insecure person you can meet. Because deep, deep down, that's what happens if we live in a state of insecurity. We become very, very uh, insecure, which then means I've got to show you how great I am. I've got to show you how smart I am. I've got to show you how I can do my job the best or better. I can. T- I need to tell you that the teams I root for are better, the cars I drive are much better than the cars you drive. And we don't come out, it's not like it can come out mean either, right? We don't come out and say, well, you're, some of us can, but some people won't come out and just say, well, you're a moron for driving a Ford, right? You're an idiot for rooting for fill in the blank. Green, white, scarlet, you know. Right? Uh, right? You know what I mean? We're not that rude. But deep down, if you disagree with me, I'm shattered. I'm insecure. I'm devalued. I don't mean anything to you. You don't respect me. And we, we not only live out of a lie, we buy into the lie. It's like, holy cow. 
and we're miserable. Some of us sitting in here this morning live in a state of insecurity because we, we've been put down our whole lives. We grew up in families that my, my, you know, our fathers or our mothers put us down our whole lives. We don't mean anything. We're worthless individuals. And any time anybody remotely comes close to that, I'm shutting down and I'm getting out of here. Do you really believe that's the life that God has called you to live? Or not called you to live so much, but is offering you? Some of us will turn our head, cock our head, and say, yeah, I don't really buy any of this. But yet you're not living in a life, I mean, you're living in a way that's not the fullness of Christ. Some of us live in a state of greed or selfishness. And all these can kind of tie together, right? If I'm insecure, one of the ways I, I, I kind of react towards that, I'm, you know, that's where I get more in debt because, you know, I, I, I've got to buy things. I've got to be one up on everybody. I've got to be the greatest hunter. I've got to be the, you know, I've got to have the best motorcycle, the best car, the best tractor, the best combine. I've got to have more fields to farm. I've got to make more money than you, right? And we may never come out and say it, that's what drives us and we some of us can live in this state of greed or selfishness and that's what that's what our families get that's what we pass off on our families oh by the way my son and my daughter here you go please advance the family curse on here you go and maybe one day heaven forbid you might break the family curse but as for me and my house we will not break the family curse we will continue to live in a state of greed or insecurity or selfishness. Because that's where God has brought me or whatever. Another one is a state of laziness. and I think it's the last one. Another one is a state of laziness. I mean, we could spend a lot of time going through just different ones. And this is the one that's like, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> this is it. I've tried. I've tried. None of this works. I'll go to church to appease my wife or to appease my husband. I won't engage. I won't open up. I won't entertain any new thoughts. I won't listen, really. I won't be present, but I'm there, so I get my ticket punched, right? I'm not really going to grow. And if you don't do things the way we should do things, like we've, you know, we've done for years, I'll probably get upset because I won't really do anything but maybe talk. But, but I, you know, I get upset because really that's all I've got is tradition. So please don't upset the apple cart of tradition because, you know, that's, that's all there is. And so we live in this state of laziness like I, I'm not going to really change. I, I, I've tried. It's too much work. It's too painful. I'm, not, I, I'm just not going to do that. I'll just appease people. I'll just appease my wife or my husband. You're not living the life that God is it so desperately wants to give you. In fact, what we do is we get sucked in to this lie of Satan. Some of us have been living this lie of Satan for so long, this deception of Satan for so long, we don't see it, we don't see anything else. That's all we see. This is it. This is normal. And to go through a class, to go through a group, to go through a teaching, to go through a relationship where someone wants to lean into my life, and share something different. I will not have that. In fact, I need to surround myself by other people 
like me that doesn't want to go forward. That is not the life that God has for you and I. That is the furthest thing that God has for you. And yet, some of us live in whatever, whatever, whatever life we have, but we live in this lie. And that's what we give our families. That's what we give our sons as they're growing up to be men. To go off and do the same in their relationship. And that's what we give, give to our daughters so that they can get married and that they can be that type of wife to their husband or to their kids. And that's it. And we go on. And don't challenge anything because we're not going to do that. And God's saying, I've got so much I want to give you. And God is like screaming into your grave, screaming your name. Come out. Come out. Come out and see what I've got in store for you. And some of us are okay of saying, yeah, I don't think so. That's not what I want. Probably the first step you would ever have to, I think you could take, is to just acknowledge that. Acknowledge that. And to say, I struggle with that. Because I think that first step of acknowledgement means, okay, now we're getting someplace. Now we can start praying. Now we can start maybe taking a look at some, entertaining other little seeds of things. But I'm just telling you guys, God has so much for each and every one of us sitting in this room this morning where we're not living our lives in a lie. We're not living our lives and in, 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 in living our lives to our families in a lie. But we're looking into our families and we're breathing into them life and truth and value and dignity and respect and all those things that comes from following Jesus. I heard I heard Ravi Zacharias, if you're familiar with him, he's a like an apologist, uh, I think India American. Uh, just I really like him. But he's I was I was on the radio yesterday look listen actually searching for a game, believe it or not. And he was talking and I kinda caught he, he made a statement, he said, When you follow Jesus, all of these things uh you know of, of living a good life they come naturally to you and I'm thinking what? You know, because I'm like, that's hard at times as a Christian. You know, I follow Jesus, but it's hard not to be, not to be angry at someone. Or, you know what I mean? It's hard to not be human at times. And to just say, wow, it all comes natural. I'm like, what is he saying? So I listened more, and the more I listened, the more I realized what he was saying. And what he was saying was this. When you truly follow Jesus, and I mean truly follow Jesus, and you, and you, and you really work towards that state of surrender, those aren't the things you have to work towards because as you continue to surrender yourself to Him, those things do come more naturally. Does that make sense? I think sometimes we flip it and we say, well, I'll work towards becoming more loving. I'll work towards becoming more patient with my family. I'll work towards becoming more present. And I'll work towards these things when all along it's like there's no way it can happen because you are trying to do it yourself. And out of humanity, there's no way. That defies the Gospel. The Gospel says that we can't do these things. The gospel says that there's no way you can do these things. And, and living in that state, you're in a doomed state. Oh, but I love you so much. I mean, you need a Savior. Oh, but I love you so much. I'm going to send you a Savior. That's the good news. But yet some of us choose to live in the, the antithetical gospel that says, I got it. I'll try it. Let me do it. Let me do it. 
Whereas as we live our lives rooted in Jesus and, and continually surrendering our lives to Jesus, that's when we become the men and women that God has created us to be. That's when we come out of our graves. That's when we live a life that's not a lie, but it's a life that is that just has all kinds of blessings and all kinds of life all over it. It's where it's extremely contagious to other individuals. Let me share with you real quick a passage um, found in John chapter 5, verses 1 through 16. If you would turn there with me. I've referenced this many times recently. But for some reason, I just can't get over it. Because it just keeps pulling me back over and over and over and over again. In actuality, it's the third healing of Jesus. Or the third sign. It's the third sign of Jesus. Okay, It's the third miracle. The first one was turning the water into wine. Right? This is... This is the third sign, or the second sign, Jesus heals an official son uh, back in chapter 4 there. The third sign is this, of who he is, demonstrating who he is, is the healing of the sick. And, and again, I've, I've shared this with you before, and, and it says this, After this, a Jewish festival took place, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate. In Jerusalem, there's a pool called Bethesda in an Aramaic, which has five colonnades. Within these lay a large number of the disabled, blind, lame, paralyzed. One man was there who had been disabled for 38 years. When Jesus saw him there and realized he had already been there a long time, he said to him, and guys, this is the question that's been penetrating me over and over and over and over and over again. Jesus asked him this question, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? And he says this, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up while I'm coming. Someone goes down ahead of me. Jesus says this, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly the man got up, got well, picked up his mat and started to walk. Now that day, now that day was on the Sabbath and so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, this is the Sabbath, the law prohibits you from picking up your mat. He replied, the man who made me well told me pick up my mat and walk. Who is this man who told you to pick up your mat and walk, they asked. But the man who was healed did not know who it was. Because Jesus had slipped away in the crowd that was there. After this, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Do not sin anymore so that something worse doesn't happen to you. The man went and reported to the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Therefore, the Jews began persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. Guys, I think there's a lot of us in here this morning probably can hear the question of Jesus calling out to us saying, do you want to get well? Isn't it time Isn't it time to get well? Do you want to get well? Well, I don't know if I can because every time I try, this ha- I got hurt. This happened, this happened, this happened. I'm okay. And Jesus says, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? I think that's a very penetrating question for every single one of us sitting in here this morning to answer Do we truly want to get well? Do we want to stay in a broken state or do we truly want to get well and journey navigate with Jesus? Guys, I don't care if you've been following Jesus for 49,000 years. There is still room for you to get well. There is still room for you to become more into His image. God is drawing you deeper, desires to draw us deeper and deeper and deeper into becoming well. For us to say, I've arrived, is a fallacy, is a lie that Satan has planted in your head, and you're going to live in this state 
if you don't answer the question, do I want to get well? Do I want to take his hand? Do I want to be called out of my grave? And there's only a couple ways that can happen, or there's a big way that this, I should say, that this can happen. And I want you to just, I want you to lean in to this video real quick. I want you just to lean into this video and listen to these words because I think it's very powerful what they're saying. It's nothing new, but I think it's very powerful what they're saying. Check it out. Fifteen years ago, um, I was feeling a, a huge need for the opportunity to really share with other women what was going on in my life. I felt really alone. Um, I felt uh, really stuck, and I had no idea how to move from where I was. So I just gathered together these women that I sort of stalked at my church and these women are really cool and I'd love to get to know them better and just approached each one of them and said, this is what I want to do. I want to start this group that's just about sharing our lives, what's going on in them and talking very honestly about our struggles and see what might come of that. So we each took turns sort of telling our story kind of family we were raised in, the kind of experiences that we had, and things that were painful to us, things that were um, that had been significant in terms of creating us to be who we were. And so it was this really remarkable experience of, of a group of women really sharing these huge stories of that contained like abuse and affairs and abortions and all kinds of crazy stuff that we had no idea was under the surface for each other. Um, and, then, and then there was this real collective sigh of like, oh my gosh, we did it. Like we shared all of this stuff. And the, the result of that is that we love each other. The result is that we're just like so, uh, we do, I just can't believe you honored me by telling me that story about yourself. And so it was really the beginning of this huge aha for us. Like, oh my gosh, telling the truth is the place to start. If you want to be bonded together, if you want to create a real community, of believers start telling the truth. A lot of times we're pretending that we're being authentic or we're authentic to a certain level. Like I'll tell you this stuff about myself, but the stuff that I'm really torn up about when I'm lying in bed in the middle of the night and can't sleep, that stuff I can't tell you about because I'm really sure that that'll be too big, too ugly, too shameful. And so I have to hide that from you. I, I didn't know to the level that I needed to go. I didn't know that I needed to put it all on the table. And um, I think that most people don't need, know how much needs to go on the table in order for it to really create healing and freedom. I don't think it's a good idea to just go to anybody because some people will use, use their stuff for drama. You know, it's like, guess what so-and-so told me? Or I have a prayer request. So I think it's really important to to think about who in your life could be safe and take give a little peace. You know, trust is earned, I think. So give people a little peace and see what they do with that. If they can hold it and they can respect it and they can honor it and treasure it, then give them a little bit more. If they start talking about you, if they respond negatively, don't give them any more. Look for someone else. And I think that's really important to be careful about who you share with because a lot of people don't know what to do with that and they'll, they'll hurt you. And, and, and then you're stuck again. You can get used to it, and then you can start to see that the mess has a purpose, and you can start to see that, that you're a mess too. You were just pretending that you weren't a mess, and that 
maybe it's okay that everything is a bit of a mess. And so then you start to embrace the mess and go, bring it on. You know, this is where, this is where the good stuff is. It's in the middle of the mess. Because this other stuff is very containable. It's very whatever, but it's sterile. And I, I have grown tired of it. The way things are now, we're sort of wandering around in circles because nobody wants to really ante up and just like, let's just put it out there and see what might come of that. One of the statements that she made that uh, I think is so, so clear is that it all starts with telling the truth. Um, guys, I'm not saying that some, I'm not saying that everybody has a horrid past. I'm not saying that everybody has uh, sexual abuse, um, uh, you know, affairs, uh, uh, all kinds of different things that can just rip apart families. Some of us do. Some of us in there this morning do have those things in our families. And we don't want to talk about it, but yet we don't understand how that can negatively impact us in a very powerful way, growing more into the like of Jesus, likeness of Jesus. Some of us need some people to talk. Some of us, some of you sitting here this morning, um, I think when, when we hear that question, Jesus asked, do you want to get well? That's a very penetrating personal question, as it is to everybody, I should say. But how do you answer that question? Because I'm telling you, there's people in here this morning that Jesus is asking that question. And he's telling you. And I don't know who it is. I don't know who you are. I know that every single one of us in this room can grow more into the likeness of Jesus. Can grow more as we become authentic. Telling the truth. Become more authentic in our lives. Uh, just sharing who we are. and Wanting to grow more into the likeness of Jesus. But I guarantee you one thing. Every single one of us sitting here this morning could hear the words of Jesus saying, Hey, it's time to pick up your mat. It's time to pick up your mat. And I wonder how many of us sitting in here this morning will scoff at that. Well, that's a silly little thing. Is it? Because it's exactly what Satan wants us to believe. You don't need to pick up your mat. You're okay. You're all right. Everything about you is okay. This is for somebody else. Maybe Jesus is leaning into you right now saying, do you want to get well? Do you want to grow deeper? Do you want to grow more? Can I show you more? Will you take my hand and let me take you into some uncharted waters that you've never been? Trust me, you've never been there. And I know. Jesus is saying, I want to give you the life. I don't want you to live a life that you think is this is all there is because... That's not true. And I want you to experience what is true. That way you can, you can give that to your family and build your family on truth, on the, these values that, that, that's going to build the strong family that you desire. As the worship team comes back, we're going to close with a couple songs, but I would ask you the question, how would you answer Jesus' question this morning, do you want to get well? Are you already well? And if you're truthful with that answer, how would you respond when he says, it's time to pick up the mat and walk? For some of us, uh, every single one of us in here, could, has, I think, has the potential of saying, you know what, I can pick up my mat on some stuff. It's time for me to pick up my mat. It is time for me to pick up my mat and to grow more into the image of Jesus. I don't know where you are. That's not my job. God doesn't give me that. I don't want it. I don't want it. I can't manage my own life, let alone manage yours. But I do know one thing. 
if you want to pick up your mat and you want to journey, I'm with you. But I am not someone that's going to, that wants to lay around on the mat the whole time. I want to grow. I want to journey. I want to go into the uncharted waters. And truthfully, I need some of you to help me do that. Because that's what we were created to be and do. So who's going to be picking up their mats this morning and moving in the direction that God wants you to move into? Would you stand and let me just pray as we close with one la- a couple songs. But I pray that you would respond the way Jesus would have you to respond here this morning. Father, thank you so much that you love us enough to not leave us on our mats. That you give us the, this opportunity to pick up our mats and follow you. To be well. To grow. To become more well in you. To become, to go into uncharted waters. To come running out of our graves. To be able to live a life that's not that's not the life that you called us to live. To be able to let all of that go and to live a life that's, that's in the light. That we can turn and we can share that with our families. That we can raise our families the same way. That we can breathe into them these values. Breathe into them this 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 idea that there is a God that loves them that wants to continue to help them grow more into His image and when they get hurt that they have a loving Father that's there to forgive them and protect them and to pick them up and when they've fallen off the rails when things have happened when it looks like that they don't deserve your love whatsoever that they know the truth and that is that you but you do love them And you're always just one step behind, ready to catch them. Ready to embrace them once again. I pray that we would come out of our graves this morning, Father. I pray that we would reach out and grab your hand and allow you to take us into those uncharted waters. I pray that we all would just answer in the affirmative, do we want to get well? Yes, we want to get well. We're tired of living a life that's not where some of it is not out in the open, where some of it we have to keep compartmentalized, where some of it we have to keep hidden and on the shelf that keeps us that keeps us down. Father, may we stand, pick up our mats, walk, and follow you. And it's in the power of your powerful name that we pray and find all this healing and love. 